Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to episode 22 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Cowan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. In this podcast, we'd like to try and keep up to date with what's going on in theatre on the Isle of Man and chat to the cast and creators of upcoming shows to find out a little bit more about the shows and the people behind them. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through all the usual podcast outlets and at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Whilst you're there, make sure to subscribe, give us a like, rate and leave a little review and share with all your friends as that helps us move up the podcast charts. You can also keep up to date with what's going on by following Manx Theatre Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Manx Theatre Pod on Twitter. Coming up in this week's episode... I chat with four of the principal cast members of the Douglas Corps Union's imminent production of Shrek the Musical. I managed to catch up with them on Sunday 18th of April as they held a garden rehearsal before the restrictions were lifted the following day. I decided to keep to the four main characters of Shrek, Donkey, Princess Fiona and Lord Farquaad as speaking to all of the named characters would have made this our longest podcast by at least three hours. Finally then, lockdown three is over and whilst we're all being encouraged to remain vigilant, the island, and more importantly for us, the theatre, has reopened. As I speak, the Douglas Coral Union are charging full steam ahead and getting the theatre ready to open Shrek on Saturday the 1st of May. If you haven't already got your tickets, get them now by going to villagaity.com or by ringing 600 555. The Christine Wilde Theatre School are also working hard putting the final touches to their production of The Wizard of Oz, which has had to move several times from last summer to the 19th to the 23rd of May this year. Let's keep our fingers crossed for them that there'll be no more delays. Parker Snell's production of To Kill a Mockingbird follows quick on their heels and runs from the 27th to the 29th of May. Hello Little People's production of The Twits has moved to the 11th to the 13th of June and Taylorian Productions will be presenting a chorus line at the Gaiety from the 7th to the 14th of August. Sadly, we didn't make it out of lockdown with all the shows intact and unfortunately, the Alman Young Farmers concert has sadly had to be cancelled this year. But they promise to be back next year with something bigger and better than ever before. Right then. Without any further ado, let's dim the house lights and lift the curtain on my chat with Thomas Ian Dixon, Jonathan Slight, Dandy Dancox, and Lorcan O'Mahony. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. I'm joined on the Manx Theatre Podcast today by four members of the principal cast of the Douglas Coral Union's upcoming production of Shrek the Musical. Today we've got Thomas Ian Dixon, who's playing Shrek. We've got Jonathan Slight, who's playing Donkey. We've got Dandy Dancox playing Princess Fiona and Lorcan O'Mahony, get the name right, <laughs> who's playing Lord Farquhar. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. morning. It's literally morning. It is, Sunday yes. Morning. <laughs> and it's Sunday as well, and it's early for a Sunday, certainly for, for some of you anyway. That's my fault. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> so how are we doing, guys? Good. Yeah. Blown away that it's actually going on now. Yeah. 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 Third time lucky. <laughs> yeah. This I is, mean, um, as you were saying, it's just before this should have been the or last night should have been the last night or this should be last night should have been the opening night on previous dates yeah yeah um so obviously it would have been a bit of a stretch to get it on last night (laughs) (laughs) the original dates the original dates were sort of the usual slot mid-february wasn't it and then with the january lockdown we got pushed back to this week and then march struck and now we got pushed to the end of april but then that got jiggled on a little bit more and now it's the 1st of May to the 7th, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, um, 
just in case it sounds like on the podcast that you've inserted a nice bed of um, rehearsal music, that's actually a rehearsal going on in Sarah Holland's garden right now. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, at least, at least we get a, a nice sort of nice, nice bed underneath that saves me having to try and edit anything in anyway. <laughs> so how's how's it been going then? How's it obviously it's been frustrating then with the with the delays, but how's it how's it affected rehearsals with you know losing it's, the lump of January and then March? It's been really weird. It's been a really weird year. Obviously, it started off uh, March, April last year when Dandy was supposed to be doing Ghost, and then that mm. didn't happen. And then we were supposed to be doing uh, School of Rock, and that's been cancelled. And then we were supposed to be doing Shrek, and then that got pushed back and pushed back. And for me, I just got really pessimistic about it and um, got got really frustrated by everything and just was like, this isn't going to happen, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and luckily, everyone else managed to stay a bit more positive than me. Yeah. But um, weird, just really weird, really weird year for doing anything theatrical. Yeah. And I guess yeah, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, with the you know, modern wonders of Zoom and everything, you can continue on rehearsing. Certainly, the, the scenes and bits and pieces like that. Maybe a few of the individual songs, you know, together online. But obviously, you can't carry carry on practicing the big routines and things, can you? No, I mean even no, even scenes is difficult. You just can't get the same kind of emotion behind it as you could yeah. in the same room with people and music. Trying to get the same the right timing going is. Next to impossible, so... Yeah, mm. I've been tap dancing over and over and over in my bedroom. It's kind of not the same as it is in a rehearsal room. Driving your parents insane. With, with, a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a comedy show um, where yeah. timing is so important, yeah. being able, you know, we've, we've only we've done one or two script reads and it just, it just didn't work because mm. the timing and cutting in and comedy gaps and pauses and stuff just didn't work over Zoom. One of the, one of the most um, useful rehearsals that I had which is was quite a rare thing you don't really get it when you're not in zoom is when we all just sat down and talked about our characters mm-hmm. and talked about motivations and how we were feeling and it's something that very often when you're doing a show you go off and do on your own but it's it it, it was the first time I've ever done it that we have actually been able to sit around and kind of bounce ideas off each other yeah um, and it was something that was afforded to us for the first time in a show like this because we haven't been able to rehearse I found that really good. Yeah. It was it was fascinating in a lot of ways. Yeah. It was uh, a lot of fun as well. I don't think I was at that right. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, you <laughs> <laughs> it was really dan- good, Dandy. You would have really liked it. <laughs> I think that's why it was there. good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you were ill. I'm not sure. <laughs> COVID. Just blame COVID. It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot of it going around. So, Lorcan, you've had quite a busy 12 months. You've managed to fit a couple of shows in, in the gap in between. Because you had calendar girls. Yes, yes, you did calendar girls, didn't you? Yeah, and then um, we were supposed to be doing the rehearsals for School of Rock, and as part of that, we did the Sunday night at the villa. And, yes, um, and we did uh, we did one song from that, which was really great, and I, I fell in love with the kids, and I fell in love with the whole show, and um, I think that's why I was struggling with Shrek being put back because I had put so much. Even just to do one song in one show, I put so much into it and got to know all the kids. And, yeah. Um, yeah. They got to know me, and we built up like a rapport. And you know, it. I remember doing shows as a kid, and there were these adults, and sometimes they just sat in their own corner of the rehearsal space and everything like that. And sometimes you just kind of looked at them like, oh my god, they're they're adults and we're kids. <laughs> um, so I wanted, obviously, with the role that Dewey was supposed to be, I wanted to kind of remove that. So. Um, 
I got to know all the kids and we used to sit, sit around and mess around and I used to um, mislead them and tell them terrible things to do as children <laughs> in every rehearsal. So it's a, and, a standard um, normal rehearsal for you then? Standard normal rehearsal for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, we did that for Sunday night at the villa and it was great fun and we had an absolute blast and then it got cancelled and Shrek got pushed back. And, you know, um, yeah, at least we got to do Calendar Girls, which was lovely and actually meant something. I did it with, um, with Dandy's mum. Um, who I'd never actually done anything with before and didn't know up until recently. And didn't know Dandy up until we started doing Calendar Girls, because um, we hadn't started Shrek yet. So that was just lovely to get something like that done that actually meant something. Yeah, it's been busy, but often filled, felt a bit, a bit of a fruitless 12 months. Mm -hmm. um, so it's nice, like you you know, and, and probably most people who listen to this know how much work goes into putting on a show, even just for a two-week period, even for an amateur production on the Isle of Man, we've been we've been rehearsing since October, so it's nearly now uh, six months since we started, mm. and it's so much work, and it just felt like it was all circling the drain. But here we are, <laughs> and it isn't, and I'm actually allowing myself to get excited again. <laughs> really, Dandy, did it feel a bit deja vu for you? Obviously, with Ghost getting cancelled. Literally yeah, the day just before felt getting a bit, a, a bit of a bad omen, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the biggest parts that I've had, and they've uh, both been there paused because of COVID. So, yeah, it did feel a bit like deja vu, but I'm excited to get this one on stage. Brilliant. So, yeah. so this will be the first thing for you since uh, Les Mis with Manx Ups back in 2019. Yeah, Gosh. yeah it will be. Probably feels yeah. like forever ago. I know. Feels like forever ago, but at the same time, it actually doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back onto the stage. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan and Ian, it's it's been a while since you two have been on stage as well, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's been a... It seems like, say, in COVID times, it seems like everything seems forever ago, so, yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, your last one was... outside, which is uh, quite apt. Yeah. Jonathan, your last one was... Understudies Valjean, wasn't it, in Les Mis with Dandy? Was yeah yeah it was two four six zero two two four six zero two yeah <laughs> Sean Valjean John's little brother yeah it was um, Jewin Valjean yeah, even better Jewin Valjean yeah that was uh, but like Danny said it's, it's it doesn't feel that long ago but it also feels so long ago like it's the thought of going back into the theatre now is is really weird like it's going to be really weird next weekend not in a I don't not in a bad way but it's like couple of people have said it, it felt like times like this was never going to happen and now it it almost feels like you're, you're, you're scared to get too excited but I think I think it'll be alright. I feel a bit out of touch. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm going to go on stage and just forget everything. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know um, I was saying this to the, to, the, to the group yesterday or the day before you know that feeling it's usually about two or three weeks before a show mm. and you realise this is on in two weeks mm. and the director says we've only got five more rehearsals or whatever until oh. it's put on and you're like I do not know this show at all. <laughs> this is an absolute disaster. Where and and like you actually sit and think about it, and then maybe one rehearsal it all kind of clicks together, and you're like, "This is great." Well, we're at the position where I feel like I do not know the show at all, and it literally is on in two weeks, yeah. and we've not done a rehearsal in in two months' time, and it also feels like, you know, a, a, like a week or two after a show or a month after a show, and then you try and remember your lines or you try and remember anything, and yeah. it's all just gone. 
Yeah. Well, we're also in that position, so it's it's a really weird juxtaposition of the two. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you, as soon as we get back in the rehearsal space, oh, it'll, yeah. it'll come flowing back. Yeah. Yeah. Still the there. hard part is because before Christmas we were so ready, yeah. like it was yeah. in such a good place and could probably have gone on stage. Yes. And now we've had two lockdowns, like not even just one, <laughs> two lockdowns. And it's just like everything's just gone out the window. Yeah. And I think it's, it's bad enough when the it's bad enough when a show has that little two week break over Christmas. You come back yeah. in January and you go, "What was this yeah. routine again?" So, yeah. so it, it kind of worked out really weirdly because we had the two week break and then we came back and then quite early on in January the lockdown happened. Oh, we did one, I think, did we? One rehearsal. One rehearsal. Back in lockdown, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and went back into lockdown yeah. and then we came out of lockdown. And we were told, so the lockdown ended uh, in February, and we were told that the show was kind of going on end of April. So the, the production company decided not to, you know, let us get overwhelmed by it or have too many rehearsals uh, that we'd trying to get burnt out. Mm. So they actually spaced out rehearsals, which, had it run perfectly, would have been fine because we would be at a position where we'd taken a slow run-up to it. Mm-hmm. But because it was, because no one could, could see the future... We actually didn't do that many rehearsals between coming out of lockdown two and going into lockdown three. So where it was in December before at the end of the before the Christmas break, I think was better than where it was when we went were going into yeah. lockdown three because we were kind of taking it a bit slower. But I think we'll benefit now from the intensity of the next two weeks. Yeah. Where yeah. Like we don't have a free day until the no. until the eighth of <laughs> May, until <laughs> <laughs> the end of the show. This, yeah, is, this is it, life now. Yeah. It almost feels like we're, you know, um, professional productions do it in kind of a, a short period of time, albeit yeah. full full time days. So it feels like we're getting that, but I think we'll benefit from the intensity because there'll be no gaps in between rehearsals no. and there'll be no time to lose it. I think as well because it's such a nice cast. Like I've just loved being at rehearsals. Oh and yeah. Obviously, being with you three, I've just absolutely had the best time, and I think we'll all pull each other through it. And I think, but we'll, I mean, we'll, everyone will pull it together anyway, and we'll, yeah. it'll be amazing. But I think because we've all got that friendship backstage as well, it'll just make everything so much easier. And if one is having a bad day, the rest of us will pull them through it, which yeah. Yeah, I think is the best thing about. That's not marketing, is it? We genuinely like we got a nice cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got them. Oh, yeah, I'm not just saying that because, you know, I want tickets to be sold. But we do. <laughs> yeah, it's unique. There's not an ego in this cast. No, Everyone is just so chilled out and relaxed yeah. and just having a good time. And yeah. It's just so much fun to do it. It's uh, You do feel a little bit blessed by it. I have to yeah. Say. yeah, I think it's definitely, definitely easier because it's such a lovely cast and because it's a light-hearted show <laughs> and silly. It's almost like an adult pantomime. It's just, yeah. it's yeah. just daft. Yeah. Like I, yeah. could, I couldn't imagine doing two solid weeks of Les Mis and, and, and then having to put it on and just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ian, the makeup for Shrek, I guess yeah. that's going to be a pretty epic job every night. It takes some getting used to, yeah. I mean, the first time I had to have it done, I think it took about two hours to put the whole thing on. And I mean, props to the, to the, the makeup guys who are doing it. They're getting faster and better every time through. And the amount of effort that's gone into it is astronomical. I mean, all I have to do is sit there in a chair and just close my mind off. But the amount of work they have to do to make Shrek happen every day is just unbelievable. And I it's, noticed... it's tough to wear it. It's so hot. Hence, yeah. I have shaven my head because <laughs> the amount of heat you have to deal with is just insane. But... Um, I was just looking I've... at and wondering if that was a, a, a purposeful decision as part of the costume. <laughs> 
Yeah, that yeah, that uh, that's entirely Shrek based. It's just the first time I tried, wore the whole thing. I had the full head of hair, and obviously the the uh, the cap came off, and it was just wet everywhere, and it was Nobody. it was unpleasant to be part of that. So um, nose yeah. dropped off, didn't it? Yeah, my yeah. <laughs> mind dropped. Off. Yeah, nose most of the prophetic face fell off. The nose came off. The chin came off. It was. Uh, we had yeah. we were doing promo shoot, so it was it was all over Douglas. It was like on on Douglas Head in Manx Radio, oh, yeah. uh, DQ, DQ offices. offices yeah. Thanks to our sponsors, DQ, and. Um, <laughs> It was a really when, when was it like October or something? It was it, it was, was like a long time ago, yeah. it was a really hot day yeah, in winter, like... and I mean I was in layers and layers and a big cape and just running around on my knees. Jonathan had ice packs down a massive furry donkey suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ian has had prosthetics falling off, falling off his face. <laughs> And Dandy, luckily enough, just had to wear a massive velvet dress, <laughs> so it was all it was all. Absolutely roasting. Yeah, Dandy's um, got the best so one there so far, I guess. Yeah, oh yeah. We're uh, we, so they we we. It was good that we had that day because now we know that we're like Jonathan's going to have about twenty ice packs <laughs> dotted around his body. As yeah, easy, it's going to be hot. Yeah. Yeah. I had the option. I just foolishly decided, let's try it without first. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, no regret. <laughs> costumes are great, though. It's worth going to see oh, yeah. the costumes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really good quality costumes. It's absolutely superb. I love the donkey costume. <laughs> yeah. It's just so fair. Thunder thighs, yeah. <laughs> I love it. He's thick. <laughs> yeah. Donkey is thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> no wonder dragon fancies <laughs> I guess Jonathan, I, you'll be about half a stone lighter by the end of the run. I know. I'm. I'm. Start, I'm gonna have to start eating a serious amount of bread or something. Because yeah, we've already we've already said this. Like it's gonna be. It's probably the most physical show I think I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's full on the whole time. Like Dave Dawson made the made the point a few weeks ago that you ha- it's, it needs a lot of energy all yeah. the time, and if that drops, it starts to flatten. So you've got to keep that up. And because yeah. we're all dressed in these massive costumes, it's it's mega mega physical it's going to be it's going to be quite hard and especially for your character who doesn't yeah, have a drop no, at any point like you have to be yeah. full on all the time yeah, at least yeah. I can be miserable and just plod <laughs> around <laughs> plus that on top of the show diet which everyone naturally loses weight anyway yeah. you don't eat for a week you're on adrenaline rush <laughs> I mean, it's like Lorcan yeah. said there before, it's it's like an adult pantomime, isn't it? You've got to keep yeah, that level yeah. of energy up. If that yeah. drops, it's a hell of a job to get that audience yeah. back up there and with you again, isn't it? Because yeah. it's daft, isn't it? Like you said, it's dead yeah. daft. Dead's yeah. funny, it's really funny, but it's, it's some parts you're going like, what is going on? <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, it sounds... I, I kind of regret calling it an adult pantomime. <laughs> it, might, it, might, it might not want to get people on to come, but it... Um, it does have a lot of heart in it as well, so yeah. there are a lot of... Like, a pantomime is always up, and we do get afforded the odd kind of dips. And not dips in in terms of how fun the show is, but dips in terms of manic energy to really heartfelt, sweet moments, mm. especially with Shrek, mm-hmm. um, especially with Fiona. Not mm. so much with Farquaad. <laughs> <laughs> and never with Donkey. No. Oh, no, no, you get you get some emotion. Well, well, yeah. well, we get some very nice yeah. moments being Donkey. Yeah, a couple yeah. of moments. Yeah. yeah. A bit of romance. Right, so for people who've lived under a rock for the last twenty years and know nothing about Shrek, can you explain the story for us a little bit? Or maybe how it differs from the film? If yeah, at all. So Shrek was a prisoner and he comes off a prisonership <laughs> and he's in, <laughs> He's immediately arrested. French blood. Oh, no, 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 no. Was he arrested for stealing a loaf of bread? All right, Ian, you go. Okay. Try not to spoil the story too much. Basically, Shrek is an ogre who wants to... What? <laughs> I know. Surprised all of us. 
who just wants to be left alone to his misery. He's happy like that. But uh, this Lord Farquaad has decided that uh, his lovely little kingdom, or non-kingdom, which is what he wants to achieve, is not allowed to have any, any freaks or strange creatures in it, so he uh, exiles them all to Shrek's swamp. And it's all about Shrek's journey to get them all back where they came from and have to have his own peace and quiet back again and the kind of the lessons and the growth that he has along the way. Yeah, there's, there's almost a running theme of uh, genocide running through. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of eugenics being carried out by, <laughs> being carried out by Farquhar. Um, he, he wants everyone to look like him uh, and gets rid of all the freaks. Yep. But there's nothing wrong with being a freak, nope. as, as you'll be able to tell us now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and interview ended. <laughs> Just edit, just edit Lorcan out of the whole thing. Yeah. Delivery spell his name wrong. But yeah, it's all about Shrek's growth as a character, and it, it only happens because of the, these the great characters he meets, such as Donkey and Fiona, without whom his journey wouldn't be possible. He, and it is pretty similar to the film. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of, obviously, the music's different because it's a musical. Yeah. But yeah, the storyline and the kind of main points of the movie are in the musical. So there's a, there's a few differences, just because you can't get the same things on a stage as you can on screen but I would say that yeah well, Danny says it's true it's the bulk of it yeah 90% yeah. the film yeah. and if you love the film and you like the, the quotable moments and the quotes yeah. that you know and love are in the show yeah so that's something to connect to I, I know sometimes these stage shows can be a lot different to the film that they're supposed to be so but so I think there's that um, great connection especially for kids who love the show the, hmm. the movie they, they'll be able to come along and go oh yeah yeah, yeah I recognise that the other thing I would say as well is the music's very good. Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I only I was interested primarily because I thought it'd be fun, but I was really <laughs> impressed by how good the music is. So there's some really, really excellent songs, like as good as you'll hear in any other show, which surprised me. Oh, to be yeah. honest, but they're brilliant. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah Donkey. Donkey's got lots of sort of really sort of funky soul-based songs, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a cool. Like, I, initially, obviously, everyone says, "Oh, it's Eddie Murphy," and that's I think that's what people probably still expect. But Dave Dawson was more. He said more, more of a. He's looking more for James Brown. So he's saying like, I want it to be a bit of a mix between James Brown, Eddie Murphy, and, and Carlton Banks. <laughs> Interesting. Which is easy I hope for the a, dance a is there. The oh yeah, 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 I want to do stuff like that. So, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's try, I tr The voice is quite iconic, I guess. So I'll try and get that. But um, the a bit more of the kind of like I said, James Brown, more of a funky type thing. But um, yeah, I think but, that, that's something that I've not envied or struggled with is because Shrek is so well known and the voice of Shrek and the voice of Donkey is so well known yeah. I've I've been let off easily because you know Farquaad is just a generic kind of bad guy voice um, mm -hmm. so I, I've not had to worry about people coming with expectations about my character and Same in fact way. the expectations about my character are kind of subverted I don't know how many, how many people know about how the character of Farquaad is played, but I think people will be surprised <laughs> at, at, at how it moves around stage and stuff like that. Mm. And how are the knees? Uh, the knees haven't been used for about two months, so I'm worried. It's actually more the core. So yeah. you know, my, my centre of gravity when I'm standing up is around my hips, so I can kind of move that. Whereas when I'm kneeling down, it's around my chest or around my stomach. So, you know... I do move around a lot and I do dance routines on my knees so it's trying not to fall over all the time <laughs> and, and having no core strength whatsoever. It's even more of a challenge than normal then with the dance routines. 
well, I can't dance anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. put me on my knees. And, and, and the, the worst thing about it is I don't have Neil Callan with his notebook saying, no, you should have done this. <laughs> but the benefit then again is I don't have to dance with anyone else and I'm my own little egomaniac. So if I get it wrong, then everyone else has actually got it wrong, not me. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup, where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Right then. Lorcan, I've already asked most of these anyway, but we, when we spoke way back 2019, before um, the funny thing about... Depression. Yeah, the funny thing about depression. <laughs> Let's direct this at the others then first then. Dandy, um, what was your first ever role? My first ever role was actually Baby Miranda in Return to the Forbidden Planet and I was nine months old. Yes. (laughs) Gosh, I remember that. Yes. You You were a video, weren't you? Yes, but then my first proper role on stage, I suppose, was uh, Princess Yin Yowlak in The King and I, and that was in 2009, so I was nine. So that was with Taylorian Productions? Yeah. Great. Jonathan, what was yours? Yes. First role, um, various, Beauty and the Beast, DCU, although uh, most infamously, Mr. Kate Slice. Yes. Who's also <laughs> craziest costume and weirdest character, like a cake slice. That's, I was a cake slice, so yeah. Mr. Cake Slice was my. But then your your first name character, which was sort of your first principal role. Oh right, okay. Um, um, would be G, not Jamie, Harry in uh, My Fair Lady, alongside Dave Dawson as Jamie. We were do little sidekicks. Oh yes. Okay. Ian, what about you? Um, first one was a school show. I was about fifteen. Called um, Too Many Goodbyes. It was written by uh, Chris Mabry and uh, Nick Roberts, I think. Uh, I think his name was Thomas. And it just uh, it sang. So that's what, where you got your. That's where I got my name. That's my stage. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong. It's a long time ago. But I, yeah, sang, sang one song, went off and died, and then came back on and sang another song oh, as a ghost. Started the long tradition I have with dying in shows, which is still probably above fifty percent by this point. <laughs> <laughs> At least you, you're guaranteed to see it to the end in Shrek. Yes. Well, if I die, it'll be me dying because of all the weight of the prosthetics and We're actually dying. Yeah. Right then, uh, go to all of you then, because Lorcan, you can, you might have updated this since we spoke. But what's been your, what's your dream role? I mean, this can either be the role that you've played or the one that you're, you just, it's top of your bucket list. Uh, Dewey in School of Rock. Oh. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it It'll happen it, again some other day. Dandy? That's been... Probably Kim in Miss Saigon. <laughs> but I don't think that would be possible. <laughs> Cancelled. Um, yeah, I don't think that would actually happen. But that I, that's probably one of my favourite roles in the musical ever. Yeah. Jonathan? Uh, I'd love to have a go with Judas, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Definitely, I've always wanted to play a bad guy. I don't think I ever have. I've tried. Yeah, I've never done it. I've, I've tried a couple of times, but I've never never got the role. You're so. too nice, John. You're too no, nice. I, just, I don't know. It's something I'd like to. So definitely Judas, Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. Ian? Mm. I'm playing it. 
Sorry, Lorcan. <laughs> yeah, I've loved this show for absolute donkey's years. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so when this... Yeah, I mean, I never expected to get this. When I it, when I heard it was going on, I thought I had to apply. I, I just would happily be in the chorus for this. I just love the show. And then got the phone call, and I can't repeat what I said, because it's a family show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm playing the role that I've wanted for absolute years, so I feel very, very lucky about that now. Brilliant. Now, the next one is about the best and or worst costumes that you've had to wear. I think yeah, possibly the costumes strength. that you've got for this show might fit into both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, for me. It could be, actually. I don't think I've ever had to do much in the way of costume, so um, having a full kit strapped to the front of me with fake legs, having to wear knee pads, and actually, for uh, of the four of us here, I'm by far in the show the least... Uh, I have the most costumes of anyone in the show. Yeah. So imagine doing costume changes on your knees. <laughs> so you're saying then that <laughs> you're saying then that this is worse than than those lovely rainbow lycra outfits we had to wear in Spamalot. Good point. It's that. <laughs> it's the lycra. It's, it's the still the lycra. Yeah. <laughs> Ian. Ooh. Yeah, it's a great costume, Shrek, it really is, but the act of wearing it is difficult. I would say it, it definitely ranks among the worst for how hard it is to have it on, Yeah, but it's, it is among the best to look at and to, to have the privilege of wearing, so yeah, it's, this is the best and worst. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Runners up for best is definitely Phantom. Uh, the, the, the costume I had for Phantom was fantastic. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful suit. <laughs> Brilliant. Jonathan? Yeah, to be honest, probably the same. We haven't actually. I've, not, I've only worn the costume, I think, twice, maybe three times. But it's it's, it's insanely heavy. Like it's when you think of a donkey costume, you almost think like a lot of people have said like, which end of the donkey are you? Yeah. It's like it's not that kind of costume. Both. Exactly. Yeah, both. <laughs> but it's like people think it's a donkey costume. It's just you. It's just like a, a donkey skin, but it's not. It's padded to bits, and it's mm. it's huge. And you've got. You've got um, no hands, so I've got no fingers because I've got hooves, obviously, and hooves on your feet. So it's, um, I'm not saying it's its the worst, but it's certainly the most immersive, I think. It's just, yeah, it's, its I mean, without going into detail, I, I, we don't know like, how it goes to the toilet in it because it's got yeah. two more suits yeah. underneath the donkey suit. And it zips up at the back, and I've got no fingers, so... <laughs> <laughs> Some assistance yeah. required. <laughs> yes, yes. Dandy. Off the top of my head, I can't think. I've mentioned before I had to wear this uh, silver morph suit and it was horrendous. It's the worst thing I've ever worn. But most of my parts I've ever played, I'm in dresses. Even for this, I've got really nice dresses. <laughs> so, honestly, just no complaints here. <laughs> oh, the, the, how it is to be young. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, the next one then. This is, this is one that can sometimes cause some difficulty for people when they come up with their decision. And this is the gender swap role. So what role would you play of the opposite gender? Dandy, you're, you're nodding and smiling. Go on, you can go first. Yeah, this isn't even a difficult one for me. It would be Siri from Hairspray. Oh, it's just brilliant. such a good role. I just absolutely, the music, the dancing, everything. I just love it. Yeah, so it would be seaweed for me. Brilliant. Jonathan? I found this, I couldn't really come up with an answer to this. To be honest, driving in, I thought there's one song that um, a female character sings that I, I'd love to sing as Memory. For, I don't even know the name of the character, but if I could do, like, that song just absolutely kills people. Um, Grisabella from Cats. Brutally haunted. Yeah, that, that's who it is. 
I think if there's, you know, that song, I'd love to sing that song. It's just, I don't know if I could, to be honest, because it's a heartbreaker, but that's a song that I'd definitely like to sing. Oh, the, the, the Gypsy Queen from Tommy, that's a good part. Yeah. That's a hell of a, that's just a big sing. That's quite good. But yeah, it's a difficult question, that. Uh, that's all I could come up with, to be honest. Yeah. Ian? Uh, yeah, tough one. Uh, best thing I could come up with, I think, was Mrs. Lovett. That's what you said. Oh, brilliant. Uh, great fun, yeah. That's, that's what I chose way back on episode yeah. one when Neil King interviewed me. That was the, that was the part that I chose. Uh, great minds, man, great minds. Hey, hey. Lorcan? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it says a lot about musical theatre where it's much easier for a female to think of a good male part than mm. for a male yeah. to think about yeah. a good female part. Yeah. Um, I think... I think I'd love to be one of the the six. Um, I've I've not watched the show, but I've listened to the music for um, six, and mm. that, that's mm. some great music. And I mean, probably recency bias, but Fiona is a great part, really yeah, yeah. good comedy part. Yeah. Dandy absolutely nails the oh, comedy part. Hundred um, percent. If if I could. Uh, come up with some sort of agreement where I get a body double to do the tap dance. <laughs> <laughs> Have a stunt double yeah, for the tap. Well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, oh, it, it, is, it is getting better, I think, though. I think in a few years it'll be much easier for, for men to say what their mm. favourite female role would be. Because in the past, female roles have just been helpless damsels. Yeah. Whereas now with yeah. with a role like Fiona, mm. she's an absolute. I'm allowed to say badass. You can beep it out. <laughs> if not, she's a badass. We'll go for it. And she, it, the funny thing about Shrek is, she spends her whole time wanting to be with someone else, but she's so independent yeah. that she doesn't need anyone else. No. And in fact, when the person comes along, it's perfect for her because she is perfect on her own, and Shrek is exactly what she needs rather than what she thought she wanted. And that's what I really like about Fiona's character. Yeah, she's really tomboy. She's not princessy at all. I mean, she has a fart and competition on stage. <laughs> yeah. So she's there's kind of she's obviously like Princess Fiona. She's beautiful and it's like a lovely part. But at the same time, she she is like one of the boys. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it, it's almost like an allegory to to modern life, I guess, in the way that she's grown up reading these books about what the perfect woman should be. Yeah. and reading all these like the perfect fairy stories and she's not any of that she's her own person and it's that kind of angst inside where she she thinks that she needs to have this prince charming but when in fact she just needs love and the care that shrek brings and the, he can see who she really is and it's i think it's really good in, in a modern world where we just see social media telling us what what a woman should be rather than enabling her to just be who she is I think Walken wins best answer on this one. <laughs> yeah. That's that's do pretty deep for Sunday morning. Okay, well before I let you get yeah, back to got, rehearsals, got Jude knocking on the window, <laughs> pulling rude signs. Yeah, Jude, I've never seen you do that. Mm-hmm. Hand signal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, something she's saying. Two minutes. <laughs> yeah. two, mi- two minutes. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Before we go, then let's have oh, the now last. It's one, oh, minute. <laughs> oh, one minute. Okay. One on each hand now. <laughs> Right, before I get back to rehearsals then, let's just do our last little bit, which um, is to do with the uh, Manx Theatre playlist on Spotify. So last year, as we came out of lockdown, we started a a playlist to come up with the ultimate musical theatre playlist. Now, Neil King and I both added 10 songs of our own to get it started because, you know, who wants to listen to a playlist with two songs? (laughs) 
These songs were songs from shows we've been in, shows, uh, songs we've sung, or just songs that, that really mean something to us. So we set that ball running, and then every guest from that point onwards has added another song to the list. So some of the highlights, because the list is getting quite long now, we've had Emma Callan added the overture from West Side Story, Perry O'Day added Being Alive from Company, Bethy McGee added the I Love You song from the 25th annual Putnam Spelling Bee, Joe Hillard chose Me in the Sky from Come From Away, Tony Eccles added When I Grow Up from Matilda, and in the last episode, Nikki Openshaw added You Will Be Found from Dear Evan Hansen. So, people, what songs would you like to add to the playlist and why? Dandy. Oh no, go to someone else first. <laughs> okay, Morgan. Uh I was I was struggling with mine until uh, the drive here because that's when I started thinking of this answer. And um, for me, I I had to choose a song from School of Rock because it's a show I loved without ever doing it. And I was thinking about all the amazing songs that Dewey gets to sing, and the song I've chosen isn't any of them. It's just, it's um, if only you would listen. And I'm getting a lump in my throat now thinking oh. of it because it, for me, I mean, its place in the show is beautiful because it's the kids talking to the adults, and I know what those kids are talking about because they're trying to be themselves, and the adults won't let them. They have to, like, like we've been talking about, they have to fit into this mold. Um, and I know, as a weird kid growing up, that that you know, I I have had that frustrations. Not from my mother; she has been wonderful, but you know, trying to not be what everyone expects you to be. But the first real rehearsal we had for School of Rock, which had the director there and everything, the kids had already been practicing this, and they sang this song, and I cried first time in a proper rehearsal. I um, I properly was 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 crying, and uh, yeah, so that that song actually means means an awful lot, um, and I think it means an awful lot for the, the kids who should have been in School of Rock, and, yeah, and obviously yeah. aren't. Fantastic choice. Who wants to go next? Ian? Sorry, uh, there was shouting outside. Yeah, distracted my answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, it has to be one from this show for the reasons I said before, and the only, there's only one. There's only one choice, which is who I'd be. Mm. I just think it's it's a song that finishes the first half, and it's just for me the best song in the show. It's it's just emotion on a plate. It's Shrek just finally letting out his frustration and anger and upset with the world. About that nothing is the way he'd want it to be, you know, it's just, you actually get wonderful little moments from Fiona and Donkey as well, it just culminates in a wonderful three-part harmony and it's, it's just perfect, it's the best way to end. It's, to, to me, it's, it's just as good as One Day More. Brilliant. So. Looking forward to hearing it. Jonathan? Yeah, that's, like Lorca said, it's, you could pick so many different ones, but... Um, I'll pick uh, either Heaven on the Minds or Damn for All Time. From uh, Jesus both. Christ, yeah, both because <laughs> they're both. And but I would I would be really picky and say only the film version that you man. I can't remember his name. Carl, someone he played Judas in the film. Only the only his version because I'll be honest. Uh, That's Gerard Cardon. No, he's a Carl, version. someone who's American fellow. But he like when you see like the Tim Minchin one. To be honest, I I hate all that stuff. I think it's rubbish. I just don't think it's. I don't know, it's too... I don't know, but I, I don't like... I, the, that fella just sings like his life depends on it and he's full of hate and he's full of anger and he's full of torment and it's brilliant. It's not... I know it's not cl not classic stage singing because it's very rocky, but I just think it's amazing stuff. Really good. Okay, well, Heaven on Their Minds is already on the playlist, so we'll we'll right, go for Dan for, for all time. time. But only his version. Okay, I'll see, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> 
Right, Dandy, have you made up your mind yet? Yeah, I have. I think I would like to add what Bacon Can Do from Waitress um, because it's just such a lovely song and it just reminds me of my mum and, yeah, she's she kind of like, oh, right in the fields. And um, she's kind of like, she's singing to her mum in it and the whole musical is just such a beautiful musical and I just absolutely love that song and it means a lot to me. I've sang it at, like, so many different things. Oh my god, that sounded so big-headed. I did not mean it like that. <laughs> I absolutely didn't I'm mean it. I'm sorry, that's so... No, 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 that's, no I did I'm not mean it like that at all. I, I just meant like it's kind of like my go-to song and it's just it's just really lovely and it, whenever I hear it, I just think of my mum. So, yeah, I'm going to add that one. Brilliant. Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. Carl Anderson. Get that version on. I'd, right. I'd like to give uh, Lisa Dancox a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> She's you, a legend. We love you, Lisa. She is. And she's someone we definitely need to get on a future episode. Yeah. Yeah. She's got more experience than the rest of us put together. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And then some. And then some, yeah. Right, everybody, thank you very much. Uh, We wish you all the very best with the upcoming show. Enjoy the next three weeks because it'll be gone before you realise. Have a great, fantastic show. And we'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil Cullen. And with that, we bring episode 22 to a close. Thanks once again to Ian, Jonathan, Dandy and Lorcan for joining me on the podcast today. Also, big thanks to Jude Fullerton for allowing them time away from rehearsals to chat to me. We wish them all the very, very best for the show which opens on the 1st of May. If you haven't got your tickets yet, you can get them online at villagaity.com or by calling the box office on 600 555. Remember, people, to get out there and buy your tickets, because without an audience, well, there is no show. Looking forward, then, over the next few months, I'll hopefully be catching up with Chloe and Michelle from Hello Little People and finding out about their upcoming production of The Twits and what they've been up to since we last spoke to them back in September. We'll also hopefully be chatting to some of the cast of Parker Snell's To Kill a Mockingbird and catching up with the cast and creatives on Tellurian Productions' A Chorus Line. Centre Stage Productions have just announced their rescheduled dates for the auditions for Annie, which will be the last week of May and the first week of June. Communications and emails from Centre Stage Productions will have been sent out to everyone who've registered for auditions already to let them know when their slots have been moved to. Well, that's it for now, but remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for Manx Theatre Podcast. If you have any events that you'd like me to talk about or promote in a future episode, you can contact me through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. Well, all that remains is for me to say thanks for listening, and I hope you join me again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast. Taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors alive for me.